You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode seven of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knuckles, and I am delighted to welcome onto the line Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, good to speak to you again. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm recovering from the weekend. Happy days. I'm very pleased to see the kids have gone back to school. That's mm-hmm. given me some sort of respite during the week. Imagine. We had a very busy weekend, didn't we? In the uh, in well, in the tool, I was going to say in the Tool Station Western League. That's the only league that we're really interested in. But I think across football, I mean, it yes. was a, it was a busy weekend. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Quite a lot off the pitch as well. Well, off the pitch, obviously the VAR, VAR stuff and whatnot. So yeah, plenty plenty to talk about. Well, VAR wasn't the only thing that was going on <laughs> off the pitch. No, we've got urine gates to talk about, we and do. I think we will have a little bit of FA Cup first round qualifying <laughs> action to kick us off on this week's edition of the podcast. And, of course, we've got plenty of games in the Premier Division and the First Division. But this week's episode of the podcast is very much about Saturday the 3rd of September. Uh, and, um, well, we can't really start anywhere without the uh, the events at Blackfield and Langley, which was a club, I have to confess, I didn't know a great deal about mm-hmm. until um, until the weekend. I was very interested to see how Shepton were going to get on. It was nil all on the pitch. You know, one could say nothing to see here. But, of course, that wasn't quite the case because the news broke towards the end of the game that the Blackfield and Langley goalkeeper was sent off for having a wee in a bush. Oh, Would bush. you believe that? Yeah, I mean, I think I saw the because obviously I follow follow the games quite a bit on social media on the Saturday afternoons and whatnot, just see keep abreast of things. And obviously, I think I spotted their their tweet, their original tweet, sort of seventy sixth minute, and you read what whatnot, and you think, no, that's not that's something somebody's got hold of a phone here, or you know, one of those sort of um, those sort of things. But it seems <laughs> seems that is the case. Uh, no, as you say, no goals to write home about, and they will be replaying. Uh, in a couple of days' time, aren't they, for a, for a spot in the next round? But uh, yeah, plenty, um, plenty of chat uh, doing the rounds. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was BBC Sport worthy, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was um, big news. Well, it made it onto Talksport. It's it got did. on the BBC website. Mm. A huge hats off to the Shepton Mallet um, Twitter feed, for whom the tweet that related mm. the incident in. I think it was the 76th minute, has earned over 12,000 <laughs> likes. Um, it, it, and to be fair, the Shepton Mallet um, Twitter feed is one of the very best in the Western League. I mean, mm. it, it really is very I good. Agree. And I don't know who does it. I'd love to meet him, uh, I, I, well, or her, indeed. Whoever it is, I would very, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to an opportunity to go to Shepton. Uh, I've never, it's a ground I've never been to. I was going to commentate there once, but the game got called off because of bad weather. But I, I really do hope that, certainly as part of our Mind in Somerset campaign, we will be going to Shepton. But yeah, whoever does it does a brilliant job. The tweet was incredible. It's captured the the nation's imagination. <laughs> and Shepton Mallet will be entertaining Blackfield and Langley on Tuesday. Uh, so hopefully they'll, you know, we hope, obviously, of course we do, that our club gets through to the next round of the um, of the FA Cup. But I think everybody hopes that basically bodily functions remain in yeah. the place that they're supposed to be. Keep your shorts on. Very much so. I mean, you know, because obviously of the, you know, the, the issue of the player being sent off, I, I, I very much, I was very tempted to get in touch with, um, with Martin Cassidy, a ref support, and, mm. and ask if he could help us clear it up. But mm. I was a bit worried he might take it literally. 
Anyway, moving swiftly on, um, we did have some success in the FA Cup. I say we had success. We had success, listeners, and we had failure in equal measure because, of course, Tor Point were at home to Helston. Uh, there was one side as that would progress through uh, to the uh, to the next round of the FA Cup, um, and the victors were Helston, Tom. They were in uh, yeah in a repeat of the result from when these sides met a week previously in the league, in fact. So uh, Helston doing the double over over top point, and obviously um, yeah they'll be well they're over the moon to to qualify for the next round. A couple of early goals or pretty early goals inside the opening quarter for them from Tom Payne. Uh, and then Ricky Shepherd, uh, he's uh, yeah pretty pretty decent goal scorer at this level. Uh, he, yeah, he doubled their advantage uh, after about 25 minutes or so. So put Helston two up. Uh, Tour Point did get a goal right at the end of the first half. Curtis Damarell heading home, uh, but second half they were unable to to, to force home an equaliser, and it was uh, Helston, as I say, who progressed to the to the next round, where hopefully Mallet will join them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, on Sunday morning, I had the pleasure of watching the highlights from that game uh, with my customary cup of coffee, thanks to Piran Films. And uh, I have to say that having watched the highlights from the previous encounter between Helston and Tor Point, I thought Helston were a good value for the win. Uh, and that's where I started my interview with the Helston manager, Nick Cusack. Good afternoon, Ian, and uh, firstly, thank you for having me on to the podcast. Uh, delighted to be here. Uh, yeah, Saturday was all about getting into the, the next round, and you know, I often say to the team that in, in cup competitions, a, a performance is nice, but ultimately it's a victory that matters to ensure your passage into the next round. And um, that is how I saw it. I thought we were, were good value for that victory on Saturday, and um, the, the performance was... Uh, it wasn't seamless. Um, I thought we played really well uh, for about... 25 minutes really between about the 10th and the 35th minute I thought we were really good and we scored twice in that time which proved to be decisive um, I thought we could have taken care of the ball a little bit better in the second half but yeah um, I thought we created more chances in that game than we did the week before where it was a game of fewer chances but we still managed to grind out the victory So it's Bishop's Cleave away in the next round now I know Helston don't have a problem with travelling anywhere um, but I guess the prospect of playing against step four opposition won't be bothering you either no, no, it won't be bothering um, us. We don't mind who we play, and, and certainly, obviously, having operated at that level last year from a park grade, um, you know, I'm, I'm aware of what the step four level looks like, and, and I can bring some experience to the table there. Um, but, you know, a, again, on that particular day, a performance would be nice, but it ultimately, it's a result that matters, and we'll certainly be going there uh, with full respect to the opposition, but ultimately trying to achieve our aim, which will be to get into the next round. Now, this, um, your Helston side have been uh, unbeaten since July. Um, you must be happy with the way that um, the season started. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, obviously, not, not that first game. You mentioned the point in July, obviously, that, that first game of the season. Um, we were beaten by Bridgewater. Um, we beat 4-0 on the day. And, you know, although the scoreline looks quite wide, I didn't actually feel that on that occasion either people were actually that busy during the game. Um, we just got punished for, for being naive um, across many different areas. And uh, we've addressed that since. And, and yeah, yeah, as you rightly say, at this point in time since then, we have gone, I think it's eight games unbeaten. Um, obviously, those runs don't, don't last forever, but we're enjoying it while, while it's there and we're extending it. Now, this is the team's second season in the Western League. And I've always got the impression that you're an ambitious club looking to play at a higher level. What, what, what targets have been set for you this season? Well, when I came in, I spoke with the director of football, Steve Matty, who was the outgoing manager. And, uh, you know, he gave me the baseline uh, of where the club were at. And, and last season, 
Uh, they finished ninth in the league, which is a credible first campaign. And uh, uh, they got to the semi-final of the uh, Les Phillips Cup, I believe it was. But in the other cup com uh, competitions, they didn't do as well. And I think they exited you know, fairly early in, in some of those cup competitions. So, you know, I've come in to, to do a job and, and to raise a performance standard and um, trying to take them to, to new levels. And um, therefore, you know, those metrics that, that, that we'll want to measure will be measured against what was achieved last season. Um, you know, we've already achieved one of those metrics. We've set a piece of uh, club history by you know, reaching this second uh, qualifying round in the FA Cup. We've never been this far before as a, as a club. So we're enjoying that, that journey. We've got a lot to do in the league. We're a little bit behind in the campaign in terms of the number of games that we play. Um, because of you know the FA Cup exploits and, and, and other teams having replays to play and things like that, um, but obviously when those other cup competitions come alive, uh, we'll be expecting ourselves to compete in them as well. So um, I've come to raise a performance standard, and uh, I guess we'll measure at the end how how I do against that or how we do against that. Now, one of the things I've noticed about your games this season, I mean, we, we should you know reflect upon the fact that you know you have been in good form, as of course we've just said. But you haven't. All of the games have been close, haven't they? You haven't really sort of given anybody a good hiding yet this season. I mean, is that a frustration for you, or do you think that's a mark of the standard of competition that Houston are coming up against? I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, I think there are, there have been games where we could have taken the game away from the opposition, and we didn't. And I would say one of them was on Saturday. Um, we had, you know, we had two nil. Um, to a point um, had, were, were you know, contending the, the second goal um, because the linesman did raise his flag for offside but then the referee overruled it um, and I felt at that point we could have gone on to maybe try and secure a third and take the tie away from them but we didn't and then they scored just before half time but at the same time um, you know, the, the level of opposition is good and what I would say is that when I was in the league with Plymouth Parkway and we got out of the league I actually remember saying at the time that it was a good time to get out because there was lots of good sides coming into the league then. Um, so the standard is very good and, and every single uh, week is, is a ding-dong, if you will, um, for, for different reasons. And, and you're playing up you get different sides um, with, with different styles. And, and so you know, I don't think there is a lot between the teams. Um, but what I would say about, about you know, health and what we seem to have developed is, is that grit and that determination to want to find a way um, to win the game. And, and as I say to the boys, you know, the best sides do that. Um, you know, if they're not always playing well, they, they find a way to win the game. And, and that's what we've done you know, on several occasions so far. Now, obviously, one of the big issues in our league this season is the proposed merger with the Southwest Peninsula League, which is something I've been talking to all of our managers about on the podcast. And I, um, as a Cornish manager, I, I wonder how you feel about this development. Is it, uh, is, you know, is it something you're happy with? Um, I've not thought too much about it, to be honest. Obviously, I'm just concentrating on this season. Um, I know that you know in the, in the leagues below, they have to finish in a set number of positions. I think it's top four or something in order to be guaranteed a spot in that new division next season. Whether they, you know, the realignment means that, that a lot more games are going to come sort of west. From a travelling perspective, I, I guess that will be better. But will it dilute the quality of the league? Um, probably. Um, so, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm here to try and, and get Houston out of the league. Um, that we're in now and, and that's the job and that's what I'll be trying to do um, how soon we do it you know who knows um, but um, or if we do it and um, yeah I've not given that, that new sort of merger too much thought uh, but what I would say is that you know that there are clubs in and around the Devon and Cornwall area that, that have been left behind when they haven't taken the plunge to try and get promotion and things like that so I think the promotion and, and the pyramid itself um, has been a good thing over the past couple of years because it's almost forced clubs to take promotion and be ambitious and, and back up you know, any intention that they may have at the start of the campaign. 
Um, so I think for too long, many clubs, um, I won't name them, but for, for too long, many clubs were just sort of like big fish in small ponds, and um, and now they're getting left behind. So I actually think that the pyramid's a good thing, and uh, as long as the, the club have got the you know, the ambition and the infrastructure to develop and grow with that, um, yeah, I, I would welcome it for sure. Now you've got Falmouth up next, and uh, it hasn't escaped my attention that you've already played them this season. In fact. 30% of your fixtures have been against Falmouth so far this, this season. But on a, on a serious note, I guess if you are going to play midweek games, then you'd, you'd obviously prefer to be playing the closer teams. Yeah, so, I mean, from, from a travelling perspective, where when players have got work and things like that, then it does work out a little bit better. Um, obviously, I mean, my own team, we are geographically a bit more um, dispersed around the county and around Devon as well. So, um, so some players do have a bit further to travel. But, you know, there are lots of sides like that. So... That's certainly not not a, a, a groan, if you will, because it is. We're just going to get on with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, one thing I have found is um, I found some of the fixtures, the placements, if you will, quite strange. And the fact that you're playing sides so close together. I mean, you mentioned Falmouth there that we played, you know, Saturday, Tuesday. All right, one of them was a cup competition. Now we've got them again in the league. Um, two weeks later, we played to a point in the league last Saturday, and then next week we've got them again in the league. Um, we've had the FA Cup tie in between and we've been drawn against them in different cup competitions as well so um, yeah so, so I do find it a little bit strange that we're playing all these sides so close together but it is what it is it's the same for both teams so we just get on with it So after Falmouth it's Barnstable away at the weekend and that's going to be a real test for you isn't it? Yeah yeah they will be but as we said earlier there's no easy game so every game is a test for a different reason um, Barnstable will be fielding some sort of ex-house and players so they'll certainly be wanting to prove themselves but then you know that, that'll that will also bring out the best from our boys who will be wanting to prove themselves against some of the players that have left and things like that. Um, Barnstable um, have got their own sort of project going on now in terms of what they want to achieve. And, um, you know, we know a little bit about them. They know a little bit about us. So, yeah, it, it certainly makes for an intriguing encounter. I mean, Barnstable and Falmouth are two teams that I know a lot of people were very interested to see how they go this season. Helston Athletic were in that equation. Um, what about the other sides that you expect to go well uh, this season? Where do you think your competition is going to come from? Well, I think from what I saw the first game of the season, um, Bridgewater um, uh, were, were, yeah, were very, very good. They actually reminded me of a Southern League One team, and I said that to PSC, the manager, after the game. Um, so they'll certainly be up there. They've had a very, very good start. They obviously drew on the weekend, um, but before that, I think they were eight from eight, um, which is which is a superb effort. Uh, so they'll certainly be up there. And then you've got uh, we went to Saltash, uh, one of my former clubs. We went there uh, of a midweek, uh, and we managed to get a draw there. And that was an exceptional draw, really, because. They've also started really well, and, and they will be up there. I think they finished fourth last year, made some good recruitment in the summer, so, so they'll be expecting to compete as well. Uh, the team that finished third last year, Mausol, are starting to get a rhythm now, and so, um, so, so they'll certainly fancy their chances. Buckland started really well as well. So yeah, there's lots of teams. Shepton Mallet, I think, uh, are five from five. The last time I looked at the, the league table, um, I don't know too much about Shepton, but obviously, if you played 5 1 5, you had a really good start. So, you know, and there'll be some there'll be some surprises within that as well you know, from teams that I haven't mentioned that will go on and, and expect to do well at the top end of the league and now obviously you've mentioned a couple of times um, in this interview that you'll, you know, your sort of previous footballing incarnations and I just wondered you know, what was it about the opportunity at Helston that encouraged you to take the job on this season? A big impression was made on me when last season we went to Spennymoor Town in the FA Trophy of Plymouth Park and they were step two 
and um, just seeing the level of ambition within the football club, you know, blew me away really. And um, it's something that stuck with me. And I knew that when I left Parkway, I would need to find um, a job that matched uh, my own ambitions. And um, I'm not for one second saying that Helsinki has got the same aspiration as Spenny more. Um, but having spoken with Steve Massey and um, Paul Hendy, the chairman, it became very clear um, that you know the Helsinki's an ambitious football club. Um, you know we, we've given ourselves three years to get to step four and five years to get to step three, and, and we will try and meet that goal. And um, so, so yeah, just listening to their ambition, it does match my own because I want to try and get through the levels again. And um, you know, having seen the step five and the step four, and even the three and the two as well at, at FA Trophy level, um, I believe that you know with the right infrastructure, it certainly can be done. I mean, one of the things that interests me about Helston, and I, I really do need to, to to come down to your ground and and, and watch your game, but. I, in a way, I don't have to because my Sunday morning routine involves me getting a cup of coffee, and before I make everybody's breakfast, I sit down and and uh, and watch the highlights from your games because um, I, I really, you know, I really enjoy the coverage that um, Piran Films um, um, produce. And I guess you know it's a great shop window, isn't it, for um, football at our level when you're, you know, when you've got um, when you've got that level of coverage, it, it really sort of I think connects you with the footballing public. Yeah, it does, and uh, you know, um, you know, uh, Mark up here in films does a, a great job for us in, in promoting the highlights, and um, you know, and I think that the sides that that go on and do that locally, it's, there's lots of sides in there that are beginning to do it now, and it does, it, it is an avenue of promoting your football club and what you're doing. I guess from a manager's perspective, you're always hoping that it doesn't tip off opposition too much about, um, you know, your your tactics of your team and things, but. Um, but yeah, from what I've seen, it, you know, it does add value to, to what we're trying to do at Helston, and um, yeah, I know that the, the players enjoy it as well. Um, or maybe not if we're picking them up for stuff, but um, but, but generally speaking, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, it's a good effort by Mark and the Piran team, fil- uh, Piran, uh, Films team, and um, yeah, so, so I know that they are well received in around the local area as well. Well, one final question for you, Matt, and this is a question I ask every manager the first time that we speak on the Tool Station Wrestling podcast. And that is, I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about your personal footballing journey to the Helston dugout. Well, I was going to retire. I was, I was a player at sort of the step six level, really, and I finished um, my footballing career with Saltash United at step six, and I was going to actually retire and do nothing. Um, at the time, Saltash didn't have a manager, and um, my fear was that if um, it was offered to me, and at first I said no, um, but if I didn't take it I had a fear that, that the team that I think had finished like fourth or fifth or something um, and they were good lads that they would just leave the club and then the club maybe would uh, take a nosedive and, and go down a division and you know struggle to recover a little bit and the same thing had happened with Liscard when I was sort of like mid-20s um, but and that was shortly after Dave Leonard left when I was back at Liscard I was powerless to sort of do anything about it because I was a player in my mid-20s but this time I felt like I could maybe give something back even if it's just for a year and just keep the players together but then once I started getting into the role, it, it is like quite addictive, and um, I started enjoying it. I'm a teacher by trade, so I found that some of the, you know, the, the pedagogy and stuff could be applied um, to, to the football environment, and there were some overlaps. And so we just started to, to, to try and build an environment at Saltash United, if you will. When I was in charge of five years, at step six level, and then um, at that point, the club um, were at a bit of a crossroads, whereby they were uncertain whether they would like. To take the Western League sort of route and go up to step five but um, as an ambitious person I had an opportunity to go and work with Lee Hobbs at 
um, kind of part way where I got the sort of head coach role after Cole Curtis had departed to go to Plymouth Argyle. Um, so I umdenied a little bit, but um, I, I think because Parkway were um, you know, showing the level of ambition I was at the time, it felt like it was the right move. And um, I was at Parkway for two years, the first sort of COVID season where the, the league got curtailed. I think that was the right term for it back then. Sorry, that was the second COVID season because the first one was still at Toltash. And then last year, on a points per game basis, we got promoted to step four. And obviously, we went to step four uh, last season um, for the first time, and we managed to secure that league title, um, which was you know, way above the ambition in terms of targets we were setting at the start of the year. And um, I think we said that top eight would be good, but we seemed just to generate some real momentum at the time. And uh, yeah, it was an incredible journey, and we had a good FA Trophy run in that as well. So, so my remit at Parkway was to coach the team, and Lee took away the sort of management duties that, that come with being a football manager. And um, so, yeah, in the summer, you know, Lee was open and honest, and he, he just said that to me that he fancied that he might want a, a different working relationship. An opportunity had come up to, to work with Carl again. So, so obviously, I would then be looking for a, a, a different role. Uh, somewhere else, so so I so I did that. Obviously, I, um, I, yeah, I enjoyed my time at Parkway, but I, I always knew I had a shelf life because you know, I did crave kind of being in charge again, if you will. I haven't done it for five years at Saltash beforehand, but happy with the work like that I did there. Um, I've been placed first sort of twice, and so yeah, I just waited for sort of the right club really, and then um, when the Parkway news was announced. Um, that particular week, I think I had about eight or nine different clubs come in, ranging from steps four to six, um, that were in contact. And um, it was the last club, actually, Helston and Steve Massey, as the director of football at Helston, um, who came into contact. And I, and I didn't say yes straight away, Ian. I, I, you know, I thought about it for a few days. I was actually going to, I was tempted to go and join Millbrook with Macarano down there. He, sort of, he had made me an offer to go and join them. And, and that is something that I highly respect in local football. But the more I thought about the Helston project, the more it was pulling on me. And it took me about two or three days um, to make up my mind finally. And um, yeah, that's the one that, that I felt gripped me. That's the one that I felt matched my own level of ambition. And so here I am. And my thanks to Matt for his time. Now, we should really give an honourable mention to Wincanton Town, who played AFC Totten, who was something of a powerhouse in non-league football in the old FA Cup. It was a, a game, of course, we talked about on last week's podcast. So we really should let you, we should fill in the listeners on how Wincanton got on. Well, I think it will be fair to say they weren't at the races. <laughs> they They conceded nine, but they scored two. So I think we can call that, a Pyrrhic victory. I'll take, anyway, I'll take it. Yes, we, we, we will. Um, moving on to the Premier Division and a game that I called out, I think it was me, it might have been you, uh, on last week's podcast, Welton Rovers away at Bitten. Uh, and uh, it was the away team who took the spoils here, Tom. It was a 2-1 win, yeah, for, for Welton. Uh, really, pretty impressive considering they played the last 25 minutes without a recognised keeper. So, uh, yeah, they held on. Uh, to gain all three points. Uh, they did go ahead through Jacob Watson uh, midway through the first half uh, before Bitten did get back on level terms after about an hour or so, and that was from Lucas Vowles. Uh, so it was one all heading into so heading into the closing stages. Uh, Joe Garland uh, then scored what turned out to be the winner 13 minutes from time, but that was uh, just a couple of minutes after uh, normal keeper Alfie Kelsey had to be had to be helped from the field, uh, and it was Will Hunter, uh, usually a defender. He stepped in between the sticks, but he, uh, yeah, managed to managed to do the business, and uh, it was Welton who hung on and uh, claimed the two-one win. 
just wanted to point out there that he didn't do the business in the same way that no. the black film Very Langley nice. goalkeeper did. Um, but anyway, congratulations to Welton <laughs> Rovers there. Now, the next game is um, Bridgewater United against Wellington. Of course, Bridgewater United with a perfect record. The league leaders, Wellington, they've toiled of late, actually, in recent games. They've travelled to Bridgewater. Now, one of the interesting things, for those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while... You'll know that Wellington seem to really get up for these games against Bridgewater. There's something of a derby. There's something about these games. But surely, Tom, it couldn't have happened this season with Bridgewater in imperious form. <laughs> the free-scoring Bridgewater, top of the table, perfect record. 33 goals from their opening nine fixtures, but they drew a blank on Saturday. So it was uh, uh, the first time uh, that they dropped points this season, first time they drawn a blank. And, uh, yeah, Wellington, full credit to them. Uh, went up there and, uh, yeah, got a point. So, uh, yeah, we don't usually touch on nil-nils, of course, but this, this one was was worthy of worthy of a shout for Wellington. Obviously, also Bridgewater, nine from nine coming into it. So all credits to them. They've made a fantastic start. And I'm sure it'll just be a slight blip for them as they look to continue their uh, ascendancy. And still unbeaten, of course, we have mm, to say, for absolutely, those Bridgewater fans yeah. who might be sort of... Yeah. yeah, holding their head in their hands. It's not really worth... It's not that time yet. Oh. Now then. Only the eight goals in the next mm. game. Of course, we might have thought about the eight goals happening in the game we've just talked about, but they didn't. Ilfracombe <laughs> against Millbrook, an eight-goal thriller, and the home side went home happy here, Tom. Yeah, they did, uh, coming from behind to do so. Uh, so they were five free victors in the end. So, uh, yeah, very entertaining fixture. Uh, they were, yeah, fell behind a couple of times, uh, fell behind a couple of times, uh, once in the first half and then twice. Uh, well, the second time uh, towards the, the start of the second half, in fact. So, uh, yeah, to come back and, and prevail like they did, uh, a 5 3 victory, as I say, really uh, full credit to them. Uh, Liam Short and Harry Stevens both scoring uh, braces for the, uh, for the home side. And they were on a four match, a winless run coming into this game. So, uh, yeah, to turn it around as they did, uh, storm into victory with four goals in the final 25 minutes or so. Yeah, real, uh, real, real fillet for uh, Ilfakum, I think. Uh, a good win. Now, when two Cornish tribes go to mm -hmm. war, goals are all that you can score. Five of them in this game, Mausel against Falmouth Town. Yeah, and it was the home side who went home very happy. A, a real late winner. And, uh, yeah, 3-2 victory for, for Mausel. Uh, opening half uh, definitely ended with the away side in the ascendancy, however. And that was uh, Tim Nixon scoring twice uh, in the space of five minutes uh, to overturn Musa Diallo, Diallo's early opener. So, uh, yeah, Falmouth... Uh, leading by two to one at the interval, uh, Diallo did then score again uh, ten minutes into the second half, drawing drawing them level. Uh, so that set up a real grandstand finish. And but it and it was in fact Mausel who who grabbed all three points as we say. Uh, Andy Watkins, I used to remember him uh, playing for Bath City back in the day. So uh, yeah, good to see him back uh, back among the goals. Uh, and he popped up uh, with a with a yeah injury time winner. There's a nice picture of uh, um, him in the in the bulletin this week as well. So uh, yeah, a really good win for Mausel at home to Falmer. If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, moving into the first division, we'll kick things off at Longwell Green Sports, where the visitors were odd down. Yeah, more late drama in this one as well. It was, uh, the home side again, uh, only only claiming a point, but it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't looking that way for long periods. 
uh, the Bath side had gone up there and, and made a lightning start. Uh, Luke Bryan seems to be seems to be in that sort of uh, patch of form that he found last year, where he seems to score more often than not. And it was him uh, who made the uh, made the breakthrough after a couple of minutes, uh, putting Odd down one up, and that was how it stayed for for much of the afternoon. Yeah, it looked like it was going to be the uh, the winning goal, but uh, Longwell Green, to their to their credit, kept pushed kept pushing. Uh, and then in the final minute or so, uh, Liam Oswin found found a bit of space, uh, rounded the keeper and rolled the ball into the net. So, uh, yeah, a good point in the end for, for Longwell Green. Unfortunately for Dan, I would say that was probably two drops just because of the, uh, uh, yeah, the timings and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, but uh, entertaining game if you stay till the end at Longwell Green. Well, it was certainly an entertaining game at Nowsy and Tickenham if you were a Nowsy and Tickenham mm. fan, less so if you were an Ormondsbury fan. Yeah, somewhat. They're they're struggling a bit at the moment. I think it'd be safe to say. I think they need a bit of a, a reboot at some point. Uh, they've yeah gone down to a, a seven nil defeat on the weekend. That's uh, 19 goals. I think they've conceded in in uh, in quick succession in the space of three matches over a week. So uh, yeah, I think they'll want a bit of a bit of a break, or you know they need a need a bit of a boost, don't they? But uh, yeah, Nelsie and Tickenham. Meanwhile, they're yeah doing pretty well as things all things considered at the start of the season. It was Jack Thorne. Uh, very much the uh, the star man in this one. He scored five of the uh, the home side's goals. So uh, yeah, massive. Uh, that was probably performance of the day. I would have thought uh, for an individual. So yeah, all credit to him and all credit to to Nelsey for the the seven nil win. And the next game we've got to look at is at the Creek. Mm. Wells were up the Creek, but they certainly had a paddle. Yeah, they did. And uh, yeah, they're another team going great guns. A uh, couple of couple of defeats to start the season, but since then they uh, yeah they were. Um, yeah, they're showing real good form. 22 points from a possible 24, up to second uh, in the table following this win. A 2-0 win uh, at Shirehampton. Uh, Adam Wright, uh, his, his penalty early in the second half, uh, making it 2-0 after a, a really early header from Harry Horton uh, had put them put them ahead. Horton's now scored for, for three games on the bounce, and it's uh, Wells who are, uh, yeah, going, uh, going along really nicely at the moment. A 2-0 win for them at Shirehampton. Well, that was all the reason I needed to get hold of an old friend of the podcast, of course. That's Sean Potter, the uh, the manager of uh, of Wales City. Now they've been undefeated since the second of August. I started my interview with Sean by reflecting on that very, very promising run. Uh, yeah, pleased. Um, so I think you you always look back at the negative results. Um, and, and sort of see where things went wrong with them. But I think since the Porter's Ed game, uh, which we were really disappointed in, yeah, we've sort of kicked on and had a really busy schedule. So uh, to come through most of August uh, unbeaten is is very good. Um, but yeah, it's a long old season. Uh, but in terms of that, yeah, we can we can only be happy about that. I mean, you, you've sort of alluded to it already, but given that you've had such a great start, were you frustrated by the fact that you lost the first two games? Yeah, well, the first one um, away at Brislington, uh, we knew it was going to be tough. Uh, they they had a full-strength side. It was away from home. Uh, it was a nice day. Uh, it's always going to be a tough place to go with them coming down and keeping pretty much the same squad, uh, even maybe adding... Adding a few very good players, uh, I took a few from Bitten, uh, took a very good lad from Hengrove. Uh, so we knew that they were going to be good. It was going to be tough. Uh, we were still sort of finding our feet with, with, with new signings. So yeah, it was a good game. They they beat us two one uh, on another day. We could have probably nicked the draw and come home and probably been happy with that. Uh, Port Zed was really disappointing. Second game, we didn't really perform to our our, our level. 
uh, they they done well. They had a game plan. They sort of sat behind the ball and, and, and stopped us from playing, uh, which was which was effective. Uh, and then caught us on the break uh, a couple of times uh, and managed to do a job on us. So. Yeah, you could say that sort of that maybe set us up for the for the rest of the month because the lads were disappointed. Uh, we put so much into pre-season, had quite a good pre-season, uh, and then to start that slow, I think it sort of spurred the lads on to have a good rest of the month. So yeah, we've taken the positives from it um, and we've kicked on since then. So so yeah, we're, we're pleased where we are at the minute. Well, we've got to put it into context because of course Brislington and Portis Head they've been going very well this season, as you've said, but so have Wing Canton. And you had a very good win against them. Yeah, I'm not too sure if we um, if, if we caught them on an off day or, or we were overly good that day. Uh, we did have a few missing that day. Um, we had we had four or five out. Um, so going into the game, we knew it was going to be tough. But yeah, the lads turned up and they were really really good. I think one nil probably flattered them a little bit. We played really well and had some really good chances. Uh, I think if if it was if it was three or four, they probably wouldn't have had any complaints. So yeah, we played really well. They they are they're a very good side, as you know. They'll be up and they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, we maybe caught them on an off day, uh, and we played really well. So yeah, that was a really pleasing, really pleasing performance, especially with a few players missing. We could use um, use the whole squad, which we've done throughout August, and and yeah, yeah, it was good. Because the other good result. I mean, you've had, you know, to be fair, you've had a few, but one of the other eye-catching results was that win against Nowsy and Tickenham because they've been doing well this season. <clears throat> they've been described by many people um, as a surprise package this season. Would you agree with that? Yeah, they're a good side. Uh, I know Nick, Nick quite well, and he's yeah that he's got them really well organised. They're a side that have come up and they're they're excited. It's it's, it's new for the club. Uh, it's really exciting times, uh, and they're sort of riding that wave. And, and fair play to them. They've They've signed well. They've signed sort of hungry players from the league that they played in last season, the, the better players from around that league, uh, and they've done things the right way. So I think they've added really well. And like I say, they're riding that wave and, and fair play to them. We put, we knew that they were going to be a decent side when we played them. Uh, we played really well that day as well. It was home uh, on a Friday night under the light. So our lads were really up for it. Um, we played really well first half, come out of the blocks really well. Yeah, went 2-0 up and sort of controlled the game. They, they, they had a couple of chances, uh, but we controlled it, and then they got sort of a late late goal, sort of injury time to make it 2-1. Uh, they were down to 10 men in the second half as well. So, yeah, it was a good game, but, yeah, really good performance from our lads as well. Well, you played another one of the new boys this season, Shire Hampton, um, at the weekend. You had a good 2-0 win over them. What did you make of them? Uh, yeah, they're good. Um, they're a hard work inside. They were dangerous, dangerous going forward. Uh, again, we, it was quite a, quite a professional performance from our lads. We sort of turned up, done our jobs. We were quite solid defensively. Shape was really good, and we look, we looked quite good attacking. We're scoring quite a few goals, but also uh, I think we had four or five games with a clean sheet. Um, maybe before the Nelsie and Tickenham game. Um, so yeah, we've we've sort of prided ourselves on keeping clean sheets now, rather than just focusing on scoring scoring goals and winning games. We're taking a lot of pride in keeping clean sheets. So Saturday was particularly pleasing. When I look at that on the fixtures, I think Shirehampton away at Manor Farm is quite a good pitch, quite a good setup for them to play every week. Another side that are just coming up, probably riding a little bit of a wave. Excited to be in this league. Um, so it's always a potential banana skin. And they were decent, good physical side. Uh, but we turned up. We had a really good uh, squad on the day. Availability was good, um, and we turned up and played really, really well. So, 
again pleasing um, but we do, we're just I know it's cliche but we are taking it game by game well, we've talked about a lot of teams in this interview. We've talked about Nowsley and Tickenham. Obviously, we just talked about Shirehampton. We're talking about Portishead and Brislington. I mean, have we missed anybody out, Sean? Are there any other sides that you've got your eyes on to do well this season in the first division? Uh, obviously, you look at Oldland. We've not seen Oldland yet. Um, it'll be a completely different Oldland to last season, I imagine. Uh, I think they've signed well in the summer. Uh, they seem to be flying. I think they're unbeaten. So, yeah, they're obviously... We're second and they're top. I know it's early in the season, but sort of looking at that they've got to be the team that you're looking at they're the only team above us so yeah they're good I think Bishop Sutton they've signed well I think they're always going to be dangerous Odd Down are always going to be dangerous going to be tough to play against it's a really difficult away game to go to um, so yeah going off the sides from last season you, you can't really do too much else because you don't know what they're going to be like uh, season on season everyone changes but there's always like you've been around this league enough and so have I that we, no one's an easy game in this league we went to Warminster that were uh, I think they were second from bottom at the time. They were good. Drew nil nil. Uh, we were overly poor that day, but they were they were good. Um, position seemed a little bit false. Same with Gillingham Bank Holiday Monday. Uh, we went there and they were they were bottom, uh, and they were good. They went one nil up against us. Um, they didn't look like a team that were bottom and had struggled all season. That's for sure. They had battled really hard, and we managed to sort of nick two goals in the second half, and and well, we dominated the second half and, and come away with a win, but. There's there's potential banana skins everywhere. It doesn't really matter where people are in the league at this stage of the season. People are always recruiting. They're always changing sides. People are developing still uh, from pre-season. Um, so yeah, we I've, I've learned from seasons gone by that you can't really look too far. You can't really look at last season. You can't look at look at much apart from what you already know for sure. And that's sort of where teams play. What sort of atmosphere you're going to be playing and when you play them away. Um, managers if they've stayed the same you know sort of how they set up and how organised they are but in terms of the, the, the things that we can't look at it's, it's the team it's what players they've got it's how they play it's, you, you can't really look at that too much so we're re- taking it game by game we're concentrating on what we do um, a little bit more than we probably have in few, in previous seasons we've been worried about what teams are going to do and, and how we're going to stop them but this season we've sort of approached it as this is what we're going to do and how our team's going to stop us you know well that, 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 that's the perfect segue into the obvious question is what, what are you going to do what are your ambitions what are your objectives this season uh, I think going into it all you can do is is hope to win the league I think with Wells obviously I was only there last season and we finished outside the playoffs which is a little bit disappointing but we knew it was going to be a season where I'm sort of coming in and, and developing the side and changing a style and changing players and getting a settled squad and the first half of the season last season reflected that second half of the season we kicked on and we were we were a lot better and then this season we've sort of started how we finished last season so yeah we've got to be looking at we've got to be looking at winning at a club like ours with the squad that we've got now uh, we've got to be looking at winning it there's nothing else although I'm, I'm sort of trying to drum into the lads not to look too far ahead uh, I think that's the mistake me personally I've made in previous seasons and, and what I've learned from we're looking too far ahead I'm li- literally looking at the next two or three fixtures um, planning what we're going to do for the next two three fixtures uh, and then keep just just go from there if you start looking too far ahead uh, I think it's, it's really easy to forget the task at hand and, and you sort of look past what you're about to face You've got an interesting challenge this season compared to what it could have been because let's just say you'd have made it into the playoffs and you weren't a million miles away from that. Clearly you're an ambitious manager and you're an ambitious club. But had you have made it into the playoffs, 
And had you have had the travel that, um, you know, a lot of clubs have talked about and indeed, you know, the, the league have addressed with the um, with Project Southwest. I'm struggling to hear from you that that would have been a challenge. I think you'd have been up for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, do you know what? You've just got to face what you face. You know, it, it, I think it is what it is. You're, you're not, you, you haven't got a choice. It's something that you can't choose. You can't decide where you're going to go. You can't decide who comes in what league. All you can do is control what you can control. And it, it is what it is. I spend, I spend most of my Saturdays... I think it's a little bit different for the players. I spend most of my Saturdays football orientated. My family and my wife know Saturday is football day. So whether it's an extra hour, an extra two hours, whatever it may be, it's it's football and it's Saturday and, and, and we have to do what you've got to do. Obviously, with things changing, it is ideal. Um, in terms of recruiting players and, and lads that want to... It affects some lads differently to other lads. Maybe lads that work Saturday mornings, lads that want maybe a little bit more time at home on Saturdays. So maybe on the recruitment side of it, it may be a bit easier when it's more regionalised. But from from my side uh, and the club side, they're, they're sort of ambitious and happy to do what, whatever we have to do, you know? So given that you're targeting... Well, you're targeting the league championship, but, you know, clearly we know that four will go up this season. What does that mean for your sort of promotion ambitions? I mean, next season it could be that, that actually promotion into step five could be probably, you know, a lot more financially manageable for um, for Well City. Yeah, I think obviously it's, it's exciting um, and it's good that I think even when I was at Cheddar, we sort of finished second, third, fourth and we were always sort of there or thereabouts so so knowing that four maybe five could even go up from our league is is good um that being said we don't want to be finishing fourth or fifth um i don't think that's a target that we want to be setting ourselves uh we want to set ourselves a target of finishing top it, obviously anything else is a bonus and going up would be absolutely brilliant um to finish in the top four or five would be brilliant but in terms of what we're aiming for uh, we're aiming to go and win the league uh, we're not looking too far ahead like I said we're aiming to just win tomorrow night against Bishops Lydiard um, at home and that is all we're aiming for obviously internally there'll be conversations and there's, there's there's aims for the club but in terms of what we do as a group in the changing room and what we discuss uh, between the players it's we win our next game we got this on Saturday and that's it and then we address the next game afterwards um, and then we see where we go. We see, see, we see where we are. Well, the next game is Bishop Slidiard. The one after that is Hengrove. On paper, both of those are winnable games for you. But does that bring its own pressure? Absolutely. Um, especially with us. I mean, I mean, some teams are different. I think you see some of the top teams, and they'll go to the lower teams, and you think, yeah, there's a high chance they're going to win. Ours is all about mindset. Our lads is about mindset and, and knowing that we've got to perform how we perform against the big teams, against the sides that are maybe in the bottom half. I think that's our biggest our biggest issue. I know that when we when we play the bigger sides or the sides that are up and around us, we'll have a good go and it'll be sort of high performance levels. Um, it's just guarding against that complacency when you do play teams that are in the lower half and the lads have had a little look at the league table because um, through experience we know that there's no easy games at all in this league no matter when you play them no matter where you play them every game is tough in this league and if you're not on it you, you'll be shown up so yeah it's a case of whoever we're playing Hengrove have always given us a good game no matter what no matter where we've been no matter where they've been they've always given us a tough game same with Bishops Lydiard it's, it's always going to be tough and unless we're on it 
then we're not going to come away with three points. So we have to be on it every single game. And my thanks to Sean for his time. So uh, we'll just turn our attention to the games taking place on Saturday, the 10th of September. Uh, and in the Premier Division, Tom, what game has caught your eye? Plumpton Shepton versus Wellington. So can Wellington end another 100% record? Uh, Shepton uh, currently five from five. They've had a few cup matches, but uh, yeah, they've uh, won every every league fixture so far. Uh, but Wellington obviously go there on the back of uh, yeah, doing the business at Bridgewater. I said doing the business again. I've an eyes in my mind. Yeah, uh, well, they, it certainly would be at Shepton. It would be, wouldn't it? So uh, yeah, but, but can Wellington go there and uh, dent another perfect record? We'll wait and see. Now, my attention is taken by, by Barnstable Town against Helston Athletic. Barnstable going well this season, um, up to third in the table, if we're looking at these things uh, this early. Helston, of course, haven't played quite as many games as Barnstable. They've only played six compared to Barnstable's eight, but um, very competitive game, I'm sure. Um, they'll be wanting to take something from that. So I think that'd be a really good tie for us to keep our eyes on now tom let's have a look in the first division what game have you called out there i've gone for uh odd down hosting bocco so bocco have won four or five i just had a, had a quick look i knew they'd been in pretty decent form so uh yeah be a, a good test for them going to take on odd down and, and luke bryan obviously as i touched on uh definitely found his shooting boots so uh, yeah the uh it'd be a decent game and I'm going to look for the game between Hallen and Warminster. I think we've all been waiting for Warminster to sort of whir into action. They did so well last season. It's inconceivable with Andy Crabtree at the club that they can't be as competitive as they were. And obviously, they've lost a lot of players. Um, but, um, you know, Andy is a, pl- is a very experienced manager who I'm absolutely sure will come good. Another experienced manager is, of course, Stu Jones at Hallen. And um, Hallen, you know, up in, up into sixth, I'm sure they're looking up rather than down. Will they have a test against Warminster on Saturday? We will have to wait and see, quite possibly. Just before we move on, Tom, to your excellent bulletin, um, I did just want to announce that uh, the Western League have signed up to the Kick It Out Equality Charter. Now, equality and inclusion sit at the heart of what the Tool Station Western League believe in, and that's why the league have signed up to the charter. As a league, we have committed to promote equality and inclusion, and in return, Kick It Out have pledged to support our clubs with advice from their team of experts. At the start of this season, we've encouraged all of our clubs to sign up to become equality chartered clubs. And those of you who follow Western League football on social media, I'm sure will have seen announcements from Canesham and from Sherbourne. So we congratulate those clubs and hopefully more clubs will follow in due course. But the message that really needs to resonate across the entire football family, not just the Western League family, is that if you've seen discrimination in football, that's online or at a game, don't turn a blind eye. Report it to Kick It Out. Kick It Out have got an app. You can find them on the internet very, very easily. And you can report the incidents if you see them uh, and hopefully that the people involved will, not just the people who have perpetrated the issue, but also those people who've suffered the incident will, will get the support that, uh, that, they, that they require. Now then, Tom, we have been looking at your excellent bulletin over the course of uh, this week's episode. Where can the listeners find that? It's on the uh, Toolstation Western League website. 
uh, it's about halfway down the home page if you go to uh, go to the uh, click on the yeah, bulletin it will take you to the most recent uh, documents they come out every week looking back and looking forward and and, and whatnot and we've obviously got things like league tables and and stuff like that in there so yeah that's that's a that's uh, that's possible to check out every week brilliant stuff tom thank you so much for your time Pleasure. and uh, i look forward to catching up with you on next week's tool station western league podcast <laughs>